It's a funny place to be, stuck in a seemingly mundane world with an inner knowing that the universe is so much more than our mortal minds can comprehend. Yet we all have the capacity to know peace and our oneness with the wholeness of life. And through these interviews, discussions, and reflections, it is my intention to share this possibility. I'm Ryan Kurzak, and this is the Kriya Yoga Podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, a different way of looking at a consistent theme or philosophical point uh, related to yoga practice. And that theme comes from the Bhagavad Gita, and it's echoed within the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. And that theme is uh, the idea when Krishna says that the yogi is entitled to action, but not to the fruits of his or her actions. So the yogi is entitled to action, but not the fruits of his or her actions. And what this means is that we are we are given the capacity to act, to make choices, to live, to follow our inner inspiration. But if we're doing that, if we're living in a way that's yogically inspired, we are not um, getting caught up in the results of those actions or that activity. And this is a hard one for people to figure out, a hard one for people to really get their mind around, because why do we do anything, really? Why does anyone do anything? Usually for a reason. You know, we eat to live, or because we love the taste of food. Um, we spend time with people that we love because it brings us comfort. Um, we work so that we can have finances, so that we can have money in order to have uh, a home or to have a vehicle or to go on vacation or to donate to a charitable cause. It seems as if everything that we do, we do for a reason. Why do we meditate? A lot of people meditate because um, they want to make themselves happier or they want to improve their life situation somehow. So there's always a reason that we have. And here we see from this philosophy that essentially what we're meant to do is to let go of our reasons. And that's a hard thing to get our mind around. However, in the philosophy of yoga, we have this idea of these three energies or these three powers or these three qualities called the gunas. Uh, sattva guna, rajas guna, tamas guna. And there are these cosmic forces that eventually lead to the experience that we have. They're, they're the, the pillars of creation, in a way. Uh, tamas guna is that energy of heaviness, of inertia, of weight, of mass. It's, it's essentially more of a physical kind of experience. Uh, rajas guna is activity, change, transformation. We need rajas guna in order to be able to perceive and to... Um, see how things uh, change and how we ourselves can change. And we have sattva guna, which is light and clarity, uh, peacefulness, uh, pure awareness, wisdom. Um, and within the practice of yoga, the cultivation of sattva is the most important thing. We see this in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. And what is sattva? Sattva is 
as pure as it gets. It's pure, in a sense, a pure experience. Sattva, when a person is, is attuned to or existing in a state of sattva, there is no drive to change to make things better, which is a rajas, rajasic kind of approach to life. There is no um, clinginess or trying to hold on to something or keep something in our lives. That's a tamasic view. Sattva is pure inspiration, if you could give it um, a, a definition that we can understand, which means that when you are existing in a state of sattva, you are not doing something for any particular reason. You're doing it for its own sake. You're doing it for its own sake. So anytime you're doing something, simply for the love of doing it, the enjoyment of doing it, you are doing it for a sattvic reason. And if we go back to this idea of uh, Krishna's statement in the Bhagavad Gita, that um, the yogi is entitled to action, but not to the fruits of those actions. Well, that's indicating that the yogi is meant to live in a sattvic state. The yogi is meant to act for the sake of action alone, not for what comes after the action. Now, ideally, we want to see this in our meditation practice, where we are sitting in meditation or we're, we're studying a, a spiritual text or we're um, cultivating one of the, the yogic qualities, and we're doing it not because we want to get better, not because we want to be more spiritual, but simply because it's kind of just the right thing to do. It, it needs to be done for its own sake. Now, in the beginning, that's hard, because we have all of these traumas, anxieties, um, negative conditionings, things from society, things from our family, things from just living life. And so when we're, when we're caught up in all of that, it is hard to do things for its own sake because we're so distracted by avoiding this pain, by not recreating this situation. You get the idea. It goes on. But the yogi is meant to live, live for its own sake, live life for its own sake, not for any other reason. Now, we practice meditation and we practice the yamas and the niyamas, non-attachment, purity, contentment. And by practicing those things, we kind of clear up this mess. So while most of the time when we get started, we're doing something because we're afraid or we're doing something because we want to be better, tamasic and rajasic influences, well, the more that we meditate, even if it's for the wrong reasons, even if we do it because we just want to relax more, even if we do it because we think it's going to make us more spiritual, even if it's technically for the wrong reasons, by doing it in time, it will result in uh, more clarity. It will result in a state of more sattva. Just like practicing ahimsa, harmlessness, or contentment, um, or non-stealing, or surrender in God. In the beginning, we might say, well, I need to practice contentment because my guru told me it was the right thing to do, even though I'm not really content. I don't really like the idea of it, but I'm going to try. Even if you approach it that way, in time, through the intention of wanting to wake up and be clearer, sattva will develop. And that's really the whole purpose of uh, Kriya Yoga. That's the purpose of Kriya Yoga. Kriya means action. Kriya is any activity which leads to a state of yoga or union. Um, if, if you were already in a state of clarity, you would not need Kriya Yoga. 
you would not need an action to get there. Just like if your car is already functioning well, you don't need to go to the mechanic unless it's for an occasional tune-up or for an occasional uh, service experience. But you don't take your car to the mechanic if uh, it's not broke. And it's not to say that you're broke, but Kriya, the activity which leads to union, you do it to move into a state of, of uh, sattva, a state of inspiration for its own sake. Now, that's all well and good, and I can talk about this on and on, and um, some of you might benefit from this kind of philosophical discussion, um, but I want to try to bring it down to an experience that is more uh, immediate to your lives, so that you can really get a, a handle on it. So backing up again, the yogi is entitled to action only, but not the fruits of one's actions. Now, if you can live that way, you are living in a sattvic state, and how else are you living? You are living in the present moment, completely and utterly, because you're not doing something for a future experience, nor are you doing something to escape something in the past. You are in the present moment. So we can see that yoga practice is really aiming to get us into the present moment. The isness. Um, and how do most people approach that? They try to force themselves to be happy. And that's not the right word, but you get the idea. They force themselves to be happy right now with what's going on. They think that by doing that, that they're fulfilling that direction for the yogi to act, but not worry about what comes next. That is one way to approach it, and that can be helpful to some people. And sometimes you have to really force yourself to be in the present moment because you've been so trained to be afraid of what's coming or to um, always think about what's next. So in meditation, we do learn to focus on the breath, focus on the mantra, focus on infinite space. And by doing that, we are freeing ourselves from attachment to the results of things. We're, we're moving into the present. But what if we took it a, a little bit different way? What if we took it <clears throat> in a way that might be maybe a little more practical? Um, practical, but not necessarily easier, but maybe more effective. What I'm about to discuss is kind of an obvious thing, but it does take a lot of work to figure out how to do it well. And that is reflecting on what do you do in your life that requires no, uh, no other reason than you just want to do it? Do you, is there anything in your life that that is the case? What do you do in your life that you don't do it because you know you're dirty and you need to take a shower you don't do it because you want to impress someone you don't do it because um, you need more money you don't do it because it's going to make you look better you don't do it because it's going to make you feel better you do it simply because you want to 
because you enjoy spending time doing that thing. You start by reflecting on that. And this can be a hard first step for a lot of people because it's true that in this world we have certain responsibilities. And some people, either because of chance or circumstance or their own life choices, have heavier responsibilities than others. Maybe there are people that you have to care for. Maybe um, there are debts that you have to pay off. Maybe you were born with uh, uh, a health that's not perfect, and so you have to actually do things to maintain a certain level of, of, of functioning. But keeping that in perspective, there must be something in your life that you either can do, would do, for its own sake. That thing is a yogic activity. It's a sattvic activity. Because you are doing it for its own sake. You're not doing it to get anywhere, to be any, anything. Uh, for me, playing music is that way. I can spend hours sitting at home, playing music, just to hear the music, just to enjoy the instrument. Um, walking in nature is something that I would do for no other reason than I just enjoy walking in nature. Um, for some odd reason, uh, teaching has been that way in my life. Uh, from a very young age, I've sort of had this knack or drive um, to study things and to, then to want to share what I learn. I, I've done it without anyone donating any money. I've done, done it without anyone paying me. And if, if, if all of this, 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 this teaching ministry just went away, I would probably still do it. I, whether it be yogic philosophy um, or music uh, or astrology, there, there's just something about it that I, I really like taking in and then just sharing with people. I would do it anyway, so it's a sattvic experience. Um, there are things that I had to do so that I was able to do that. You know, for example, earlier on in life, um, before I had developed my astrology practice, uh, I was an online high school teacher. I was a massage therapist. I uh, had done landscaping. I had worked for uh, a stonemason uh, carrying rocks around. I sort of enjoyed all of those things, but I did them because I needed the finances so that I had a place to live, so that I could have a vehicle, so that I could have the freedom to teach, so that I had the freedom to buy a musical instrument. I did all of those things so that I had the capacity to do what was sattvic and inspirational in my life. And because of that, the things that I did had a greater sense of purpose, which means they weren't that much of a drag, which means I was able to flow into a sattvic state more and more. So there is a room for tamasic and rajasic energy, and ideally it is to direct it towards a support of this sattvic approach to life, this inspirational approach to life. And the more you do something that follows your inspiration intelligently, intelligently, I don't mean uh, you know, saying things like, I, I want to have a, a candle company and I want to do them all by hand and that's going to be enough to pay my mortgage and take care of my three kids and so on. It's possible. But in, in order to do that well, you're going to have to do some business uh, uh, education, 
so that it can work that way. And then who knows, maybe you'll lose the, the drive to make candles. Um, but anyway, back to the point. If you have the opportunity to start doing something that is based more on your inspiration, if you have the opportunity to do that, I would like to encourage you to start exploring that somehow. That will start to give you a greater sense of purpose. Even if you have to do other things to support that, those other things will also develop a greater sense of purpose. So this injunction that the yogi is entitled to action only, but not the fruits of their action, yes, we can take it in such a way that we have to figure out, well, how do we live without being attached to results? Or we can go another way. We can ask ourselves, what are we doing in our lives? How can we start to shift our lives so that we are doing more activity that we would do anyway, that we are inspired to do, that, that, that just simply brings us a sense of clarity and joy. And start to minimize those things which uh, don't contribute to that. Start to minimize those things that you don't want to be doing. Now again, there's a balance here. Because yes, as I mentioned, you know, when, when, I, when I was developing this teaching ministry, you know, I was ordained uh, to teach in 2005. I, I was initiated in 2000. I always had a sense of, of, of my relationship with Mr. Davis. I had a sense with Kriya Yoga that this is what I was going to be doing. But, um, you know, I always, like, like Mr. Davis, I always wanted to do it on a donation basis. So I didn't want to charge exorbitant fees. And um, when you approach it that way, uh, it's hard to make a living to be able to do it. So as I said, I did other things to support my ability to practice Kriya Yoga, to study Kriya Yoga. And I developed, I had an interest in astrology, so I developed an astrology practice, which I try to let people know. It took eight years for me to get that astrology practice to the point to where I could actually pay my mortgage. I could actually not worry about, am I going to have enough food to eat? And as I was building the astrology practice, as I said, I was working as an online high school teacher. I was working as a landscaper. Um, I did whatever it took to make it possible to move in this direction. And that was a, those were steps. I went from uh, online high school teacher, massage therapist, landscaper, and so on. I did that so that I could build my practice as an astrologer because that was closer, more closely in line with um, the work I wanted to be doing, I felt called to do. But then even that, even the work as an astrologer was not... I was doing that so that I had the resources to be able to teach as I am able to now. And it, it progressed over at least you know a decade and a half in that regard. And even though did I really enjoy the online high school teaching? Eh, not so much. But because it was, it was leading to this ability to follow my inspiration, I got up and I did it. It had a sense of purpose with it. Um, did I enjoy the landscaping? Well, it was hard work. Um, I wouldn't do it every day unless I had to, but I did kind of enjoy landscaping because I like being outside. 
even with astrology. I do love astrology, but not as much as I naturally feel inclined to speak about these things, or as much as I naturally am inclined to uh, uh, teach Kriya Yoga and write and do podcasts. So there was a stepping stone from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, but there was an inner vision or ideal of, well, what would life be like? And this was unconscious. I wasn't sitting around planning this out. It, it happened kind of, uh, I had the intention and then these things just sort of followed from that. Um, so you have to have the intention. You have to reflect upon if I was able to have a sattvic life, a yogic life, meaning a life that I would want to live for its own sake. If I had a life that I wanted to live for its own sake, what would that look like? You have to have that first, or just some general idea of that, because otherwise, you know, if you've got, if, if you don't have a target in front of you, you don't really know what you're aiming at. If you've got a target, even if you keep missing, at least you know what you're aiming at. So stop and, and figure out, and really spend some time with this, because it can be, it can be a lot of soul searching, and you can take a lot of. Uh, you can make a lot of mistakes, and that's not a problem because for every mistake you make, you learn a lesson. But figure out if you could be living a life that was sattvic, that was yogic, that was inspired for its own sake, what would that be like? And then you start taking the steps to make that happen, recognizing that you might have to do other things to support your ability to do that. Again, using the example of being a musician. When I was younger, I wanted to be a musician. That's all I wanted to do when I was really young. Um, but then as time went on, I, I kind of realized I'm, I don't have, I'm not cut out to be a musician. I don't like staying up late. I like to be in bed by 9 o'clock. Um, you know, I, I, I don't like the, the erratic, um, I don't like the erratic uh, schedules. Um, I don't like having to deal with dramatic people. I didn't like being a musician in that regard. I could put up with it enough to be in bands every now and then, but overall, it's not really my thing. And also, uh, talking with many professional musicians, you know, they would they would they would work and tour for for a year so that they had enough money to buy an instrument so that they could do it again next year. You know, being an astrologer, doing all the other odd jobs I did, it allowed me to have a nice instrument and not worry about it. So you see, all of that work allowed me to do the sattvic thing of playing music without worrying about it. So you might have to do other things in order to support what you really want to do. And a lot of these musicians, um, they work three jobs just so that they can play music. Isn't that amazing? Think about that. Some musicians work three, two to three jobs just so that they can play music. Now that is a yogi right there. That is someone who is following a sattvic lifestyle, but they realize they have to do other things in order to support this one thing that truly inspires them. So when you think about uh, this idea of, of living sattvically, of living in the present moment, of following your inspiration, you get out of your head the whole idea that follow your bliss and, uh, or, and everything else will work out. Uh, you can follow your bliss, but you're still going to have to work hard. You still have to work hard to make it happen. The other thing to keep in mind, too, is as you consider this, make peace with and recognize that you might need to make some sacrifices. You might need to make some sacrifices. Um, to do something that you love, you might have to uh, live way below your means for a little while. You might have to live on a budget. 
You might have to not to go out to eat so much. You might have to cut back on your cell phone bill. You might have to do you might have to do a lot of things in order to start to build what you want. But that's okay because you will appreciate your life more for those sacrifices. You will you will appreciate the ability to sacrifice and it won't be a struggle if you have a real reason to uh, experience that. Again, you know, when I first started studying Kriya Yoga and astrology and getting into all these things, I purposefully chose to live in a house that costs next to nothing. I purposefully chose to work part-time so that I had the ability to focus on meditation and study and what I needed to do to figure these things out. And that prevented me from traveling. That prevented me from doing all kinds of things financially because I didn't have the cash. I didn't have the money. But it was a joy to live. Living itself in the present moment was magical because I was doing what I was inspired to do. So we want to realize or work out the fact that to make positive changes in our life, to learn to live sattvically, we're going to have to work at some things. We're going to have to make some sacrifices. But in the end, life will tend to be more inspired. You'll have more energy. Uh, I'm going to guess you'll probably likely be happier, maybe even a little healthier. You know, health depends on many other things. Um, and you will have a sense of integrity, a sense of strength, a sense that you are living in truth, because that's what sattva, sat, sat means truth, living in a state of truth, the truth of, of what you are about, not the truth of what other people want you to be doing, not the truth of the amount of money you think you should have, not the truth of this or that, but just simple truth. And it can work out in that way. So this is another way of approaching that idea of the yogi is entitled to action only, not to the fruits of their actions. This is a way of considering how to have a sattvic yogic lifestyle. And this applies to your meditation and your yoga practice as well. You know, all of these disciplines, all of these things that are, are asked of a, of a yogi through the, the yamas and niyamas, in the beginning, it seems like, oh, this is such a heavy thing to do. I don't know if I can pull it off. I don't really want to do that, uh, but I've got all these, these habits and these, these fears and these anxieties, and I don't want to get rid of them. I'm too comfortable with them. Well, that's okay. They'll go away eventually. Um, but if we can start to recognize the purpose of our Kriya practice as living in a state of freedom, in a state of the present moment, in a state of recognizing... Um, that spiritual energy that we are that is always there, one starts to do these things like practicing harmlessness. Oh, how can you ask me to, to eat less meat? How can you ask me to change my diet? You know, I, I can't do that. Well, if you have a feeling of importance of that, the the state of living, again, sattvically in the present moment, then you will more likely choose to do the things 
that yogis and saints and sages recommend. And as I said, in the beginning, you might have to force yourself to do a lot of it. And that's perfectly fine. No one's going to judge you for that um, because it's better you're doing it than not doing it. And then as the years go by, you will naturally start to move into a more sattvic state. You know, when I first began practicing, uh, I was not a, a, a happy teenager and I was searching for something. And I really dug into this, uh, uh, this practice. And I did it because I didn't want to be that un unhappy teenager anymore. But as the years went on, it moved from trying to escape that to simply recognizing, oh, I just enjoy doing this. And so now, you know, why do I meditate every morning? Why do I um, study these uh, various spiritual texts and, and, and practices? I just enjoy it. It's just a natural expression of, of what's happened. So uh, keep in mind, you might have to move through stages of of uh, Thomas and Rajas and Sattva, where you're doing something to make yourself better, but eventually you move into a sattvic state. And this is, again, the practice of Kriya Yoga. Now, kriya means action. It means you are doing something for a reason, for the reason of yoga. Once Kriya Yoga has done its thing, then you're not really doing Kriya Yoga anymore. You're just experiencing yoga. <clears throat> You might still utilize some of the Kriya Yoga techniques to, to, again, maintain that state, but that's like, again, using the example of uh, going to the car mechanic. Whereas you need to get that car fixed an awful lot, that's the Kriya Yoga, well, eventually there comes a point to where you are able to just enjoy the car. And then you go and you get the oil changed, or you change the timing belt, or you replace the brakes. And you do a little Kriya Yoga every now and then just to keep it fine-tuned but otherwise you are simply experiencing yoga. And that is really the entire point of yoga. At the beginning of the Yoga Sutras, um, it's stated that yoga is the ending of the changes and fluctuations in consciousness. And when that happens, then the seer abides in its own true nature. Then the spirit experiences itself, essentially. The spirit is able to appreciate the fact that it is spirit, which is what you are. Um, and then you abide there. Kriya Yoga, living in a sattvic space, that is the activity, the Kriya, which keeps you centered. But eventually, and this is discussed in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, the momentum towards being centered becomes so strong that it, over, uh, it overpowers the momentum to be distracted and, and, and thinking you're this or you're that or the, being caught up in the fluctuations of consciousness. So eventually the, the Kriya practice, it generates such a momentum that that overtakes the desire to be in a fragmented state of awareness or a rajasic or a tamasic state of awareness. But that comes in time. Anyway, um, this is the main thing I wanted to cover during our first session so that you can start thinking about, um, number one, consider if you had something to do, and you would do it for its own sake, just for the joy of doing it. And sometimes helping people is, is a joy too. So, you know, doing something to be of service, there's nothing wrong with that. But it doesn't have to be that way, because that can just bring up more shoulds. You, you want to you focus on something that, that, is, that is inspiring to you. Get an idea of what that is. And then figure out what might you need to do in your life, what activities, what kriyas might you need to take so that you are able to spend more time doing that thing 
You might have to cut some things out. You might have to um, do some work somewhere else. Uh, you got the idea from what we discussed. And then uh, be ready to make the sacrifices that you need to make. They could be financial sacrifices. They could be sacrifices of time you spend with your friends. They could be um, sacrifices of not doing this thing because you want to focus on that thing. So you understand the sacrifices that are involved. And then start, take a step forward. Make a plan. Try. Move forward. Keep, keep your goal in mind. Keep the intention of, of that thing you would do for its own sake. And then take the activity, make the sacrifices. And what you'll find is as you take the action, as you do the Kriyas, as you make the sacrifices, in the beginning the sacrifices feel like an utter drag. Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to change. I don't want to lose this resource. I don't want to you know, lose this little bit of comfort. But the more you, you try and, you, and you, you make those sacrifices and you get closer to that state of, of being able to act and live and be and inspiration, you start to feel just how worth it it is. And when you start to take action to, um, like I said, uh, do something else, like maybe if you have to work another job, or if you have to do this, or you have to go to school, or you have to um, get more training. If you take the step, even if you don't want to do it, and you move a little closer to that, or you have to put yourself out there, you will start to realize just how satisfying it is to take that action, to make that sacrifice for that goal. And then when, when difficulty comes, when you have a tight month, when you feel a little lonely every now and then, when you aren't doing this one thing because you're doing this other thing, it's not a problem. You, you feel good about it because it's all wrapped up in that, that, uh, that experience of sattva, that experience of, of, of being within your inspiration. And in time, it will, you will become able to more fully embody that state of inspiration. And you'll be able to abide there longer and longer. And making a sacrifice, taking an action, you won't even think about it anymore. You'll just do it automatically. Because it's leading you to that experience of sattva, which is an experience of being alive in the present moment. Of being alive in the present moment. And then you will realize that you are actually spiritually alive. You will move from uh, doing things out of conditioning or fear. You will move out of that state of being afraid of what happened in the past. You'll move out of that state of hoping things will be different in the future. And you will simply be able to live and abide in that state of well, the present moment, the state of your spirit, and you will feel truly alive. So you will catch glimpses of that of this from time to time, uh, generally speaking, but it can be cultivated in the way we're discussing. All right, let's not spend a whole lot more time on that. Let's actually do some meditation together. This episode of the Kriya Yoga podcast was made possible by donations from Kriya Yoga apprenticeship students and supporters of our Patreon community, at www.patreon.com forward slash Kriya Yoga.